I'm coming in hot. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome in LOTL 54. Thanks for listening. Uh, wherever you're listening, now we have three options. iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Oh, I should have done the drum roll. <laughs> We're not talking about that yet. Okay. Uh, once again, hi, everybody. I'm Dan. I'm here with uh, Jordan and Jimmy down in Kent. What's up, Jim? What's going on, boys? Good to hear from you. Yo. The Kentmeister. Yeah. Just got back from Nolens. We'll have to hear about his trip. Nolens. Uh, I'm actually really excited to hear about this trip. I really am. Uh, and also this week, I've got our good buddy, Steve. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. What's going on? Oh, you know, just living the dream. I feel like Steve is just a regular now, basically. Pretty much. He's just an alternate. I mean, he writes for the website. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's our correspondent for whatever. I do things. It's yeah. cool. He does things. <laughs> we pay we pay him so much money. He does these things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve chuckles at that because uh, it's a lie. But anyway, uh, follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Got some cool stuff up on there for you. Uh, every week, like you guys know, we do a poll of the week, which we'll get into. It's a pretty interesting discussion, hopefully, uh, coming out of that one. Uh, what else we got going on? How's everybody's week going? It's almost a weekend. You know, this weather has put me in a really good mood. Um, it's been well, just wait week. Just wait till tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm trying to be positive. I'm, okay. trying, to, I'm trying to keep up the positive It's nice right vibes. now. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Yeah. April is a cruel month for weather. Um, well, at the times it can be great, and times it can be really bad. It's um, so it's, true. It's a great roller coaster. It's, right now we're at the top of the hill. Uh, by tomorrow, about this time, we'll be at the bottom of the valley. So, especially uh, if you're in Cleveland. Well, it's gonna oh my cool, goodness. What's well, going to cool off? And Isn't it supposed to rain most of the weekend, too? Uh, Friday and much of Saturday, I believe. Some, yeah. By Sunday, it's supposed to be uh, nice again, though. So. Right. All right. Uh, well, I was going to ask Jordan what we're drinking, but he's not drinking any of it. I will in a second. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about it because I am drinking it. Uh, I picked up Beer of the Week this week, and we are drinking the Uber ASAP Blood Orange Vanilla IPA from Saucy Brewworks. Saucy. This is this is a good one. This is a good find, Dan. I'm, I'm real proud of you. Yep. Honestly. This is good. Yeah. I, uh, I had no expectation of what I was going to do, what I was going to get, so I just kind of went into a beverage store and found it. So the can so all of Saucy's cans are... Are really cool, so they kind of grab your eye. But uh, let me crack yeah. one open. So as Jordan's doing that, as you just heard, well, uh, you haven't heard the real crack yet. Oh, cracking oh. open a cold one with the boys. <coughs> so remember, at, remember so, when that was a thing? Yeah, yeah, and cheersing and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, so as as I said before, we are now on Spotify. So all you Spotify users on there, uh, check us out. Give us a follow on Spotify so you'll get notified every time uh, we post a new episode and uh, check us out there as well so uh, we're pretty excited about that uh, I know Jordan and I both use Spotify Jimmy do you use Spotify right? Spotify premium baby. what up? Ooh, what up? Man. oh yeah there's no other way to go yeah so uh, check us out there for sure 
Uh, like I said, we're drinking Uber ASAP IPA from Saucy. So we're saucing it up right now. Uh, uh, I just want to say something real quick about yeah. that. Uber, uh, the the ASAP IPA is a gr- it's a great it's a great one already. So this is like yeah. really cool to see this modified one. So yep, I'm a big fan. Yeah, did you try it yet? I haven't even tried it, but no. I know I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's good. Smells good. Smells blood orange vanilla. I thought it was interesting when I when I uh, when I read the can at the store. I taste the orange. It's a little more mild than some of the other blood orange IPAs, yeah. which can be a little intense. So yeah. I like that. I think the vanilla kind of tones that down. Yeah. No, I think it's really good, for sure. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, check out our website, otlpodcast.com, where uh, we haven't really updated it recently, but yeah. hey, whatever. Check it out. Anyway, uh, today we're going to ha- have our normal top five and poll of the week. Uh, top Since Sunday is Easter, uh, top five this week is our top five Easter traditions uh, that we usually do, maybe either growing up as kids um, or even now that we do with our family. So... Uh, that'll be interesting to hear as we go through. Uh, poll week, which will coincide with some of our sports talk, which hopefully will have some really interesting discussion among the four of us. So assuming that the Cavs get the number one pick in the draft and they win the lottery, which who knows, but for, for this we'll assume, would you trade the number one pick and a chance at Zion Williamson to get LeBron back? So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about that. I'm real excited to talk about this. Oh, this yeah. is really, this is like a crazy idea to me. Right. And I could see good points on both sides. I have a very strong opinion on my one side, but right. wow, am I excited. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, sports talk. Uh, I purposely invited Steve on so we can talk some Masters golf. Masters was this weekend. And I tried to talk it last week, but that was a flaming ball of dog poo. Trying There's to some talk hosts about th- on this show who that- do not appreciate a tradition <laughs> unlike any other. Right. See, Steve knows. So we'll talk about that. Um, well, we'll I'm talk about Tiger's Steve. dramatic win. Uh, yeah, it was literally trying to pull teeth last week trying to talk about the Masters. I just don't know anything about no, it. No, I, I know. And if you think Teresa knew anything I know, about it, I know. I know. <laughs> Calm down. Jimmy, did you watch any of the Masters? Did you even know what happened or know what the Masters is? No, I watched it. I watched the last day. I only watched Sunday. Right. But right. The Masters. Masters Sunday is one of the best days in sports. Oh, yeah. I'm not even a golfing fan, but I had to watch it. I, 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 I did hyperbolically say that it was the best day in sports last week, which Jordan called me out on, rightfully by him. Right. But, uh, but it is, in fact, one of the best days in sports. And So me and Steve will talk about that, and uh, Jimmy as well. Uh, we'll get into the Browns' schedule. The NFL schedule was released yesterday, so we'll play uh, – Browns schedule game real quick. Uh, we'll we'll get into the we'll get into the Cavs. Uh, we'll talk about the poll question, and then uh, you know maybe we'll just update some of the playoffs that are going on right now. Uh, we'll talk touch on the Indians just a little bit. Uh, they are Jekyll and Hyde right now, uh, getting swept by the worst team in baseball, and then sweeping one of the best teams in baseball right now. So this is a term you coined last year, which I find fascinating. What's that? Jekyll and Hyde for the Indians. Oh, I remember yeah. you said this before the playoffs. Yeah. I Well, maybe for, maybe I coined it for the Indians. I didn't actually coin the phrase. No, no, no. That's what I meant. I yeah. meant, like, you coined this phrase in regards, in right. context of the Indians. So. Right, right. Um, we'll, we'll get into real quick if we're worried about Kluber and Carrasco. They've kind of been rough, even though uh, Carrasco had a real nice outing last night, uh, pitched seven shutout innings. Uh, Kipnis is back. Uh, and Frankie is doing his rehab assignment down in Columbus, and he's hitting home runs left and right. So, 
Um, he'll be back. Ho- hopefully, uh, they said maybe this weekend uh, he might be back with the Indians. So he could be back in the lineup Saturday or Sunday. They'll probably wait till Sunday. The weather's going to be crappy Friday, Saturday. I don't know if they'll want it. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, so Jordan's got what's happening. That's right. So we'll talk about that uh, today. We'll see what Jordan's got for us. Uh, Jordan and I will review Il Rione. I finally went. Steve was there too, so Steve can Steve can give his opinion as well. I can say this. You're going to want to stay and listen to this whole episode because Dan has some really fire comments about Il Rione, and I'm excited to get into them. Yeah, are they good or are they bad comments? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But we went there on my birthday on Saturday, so I've been wanting to try it for literally since the day it opened, like a year and a half ago. Uh, and then uh, Dingus Day is finally upon us. Dingus Day is on Monday. So Jordan will, at the end of the episode, will kind of just uh, preview once again uh, what's going on on Dingus Day in Cleveland and uh, what we can look forward to and uh, where you can find us on Dingus Day on Monday. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm obviously not going to preview it now, but I'm excited because this is a very uniquely Cleveland thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it really the, the, the mecca of this is in Buffalo. But Detroit and Cleveland are pretty much the number two and three, I don't know what order, but cities for uh, Dingus Day. So it's really cool to be in a city that, that has this holiday that's really unique, unique to, its, to just this region. So it's going to be fun to talk about that one more time. And then one, before we get rolling, one piece of news here. <laughs> we have a soundboard. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a I don't have a, a crowd applause button yet. There it is. Wow, that's that was really yeah. A I don't lot know what more intense there. than yeah, this I is, thought it was going to be. This is why I tested these before I put them on our soundboard. <laughs> Jordan's over here searching random ones. Uh, so we have a soundboard now. We've talked about it for a year now. Uh, we finally figured out a way to do it. Um, still in the testing stage, so we're kind of using this episode as a guinea pig for our soundboard and our uh, sound effects that we've got. So, all right, well, let's get into it, shall we? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Isn't that yes! A, a WWE thing? That's what? Yeah, the yes chant. Is that Jericho? Oh yeah, no. Is that Jericho? A, no, it's Daniel Bryan. Uh, why did I think it was Jericho? It's the yes movement. Jericho is. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. You just made the list. That's Jericho. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, let's get started. We're going to be all over the place today because of the soundboard. Good. The way it should be. Right? Yeah. So let, let's let's get it started. Um, let's go over our top five just to start things off. And we're going to go talk about Easter. It's coming up. Good Friday is tomorrow. Easter is Sunday. And uh, hopefully we all have some traditions that either we still do or did when we were growing up that uh now that we're old hopefully don't do anymore but anyway so old at 32 (laughs) right we're in that purgatory between where we're not a kid anymore but we don't have any of our own so it's like okay yeah uh i'll go first this week usually i feel like i go last but but i'll go first um so for me uh number five is i have written here easter punch Okay. Which I don't know if I don't know if you guys can interpret what that means. So uh, every year, so we do you punch the Easter bunny. No, in the face? that's not it, Steve. <laughs> yes, I like I like this. Can, can this be a thing? No, that's not it. <laughs> but uh, so for uh, a family tradition of mine, 
we do it on other holidays, but I think it started on Easter. Uh, my my grandmother every time we would go over there, like as like a drink, she would make like this punch, and what it would be is it would be uh, Hawaiian punch, uh, ginger ale, and strawberry sherbet. So she would mix the Hawaiian punch and the ginger ale together in a big bowl, and then dump in just globs and globs of uh, strawberry sherbet. Okay. That would be like our Easter punch. And we still do it to this day. She's, she's gone and passed, so we kind of do it in her memory, but um, we do that every every Easter for sure. So this wasn't spiked is what you're mm-hmm. talking No, Jordan, this is a holy holiday, so <laughs> um, we refrain from partaking in alcohol. Where's the hallelujah button? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to have to limit this to only me having (laughs) access to this thing. Uh, Anyway, number four, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched this on Easter, but uh, tradition of my family is, you know, once we go to both sides of the family and, you know, eat and whatever, hang out, once we get home, uh, the the old school movie from the, I think it's the 60s, The Ten Commandments, is always on TV on Easter Sunday. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yes, yes, yes. That was like that was like my favorite thing as a kid growing up, just to go home and watch that. I don't know why, but just just doing that. So I don't know if anybody else has seen it out there. I know you guys have said you have, but um, that was a tra- that's a tradition of ours. Who was better, the Ten Commandments or the Passion of the Christ? Ooh, uh, Passion of the Christ by far. But Ten Commandments is a classic, and it's it's iconic, and it's definitely it's definitely worth watching. I mean, they're two it. different stories. I mean, they're not stories of the same thing. Right, but true, true, true. true. Um, I mean, just because Passion of the Christ is newer, I mean, uh, I guess as a kid, I never understood why the Ten Commandments was on Easter. Right, thing, but right. <laughs> I, I agree with that. It's, I don't know, but anyway, number three for me is uh, Zia Maria's Easter lasagna. So, uh, normal, normal uh, Easter food and uh, you know meals consist of like ham. Uh, you know, some sort of casserole. No, nope, not my family. We eat lasagna on Easter, and my aunt makes it. Okay. So uh, that's something that we always look forward to, and I'm looking forward to it on Sunday. So shout out to you, Maria. Uh, number two for me, Easter baskets at grandma's. Okay. So now we're talking. We would we would start out with number one with my number one, which I'll get to in a second. Would be the first thing we do on we would do on Easter Sunday. Second thing is when we got to my dad's mom, my grandma, and uh, she would always have Easter baskets made up for all the grandkids. So we would all get it, and then we would, like, compare and trade candies with, like, cousins and stuff, like, whatever we got. Because everybody got, like, different stuff in their basket. So, like, chocolate bunny or Cadbury eggs or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. But we would all every, – everybody would have something different, so we would always, like, trade and – uh most of the time complain that we didn't get what we wanted but anyway That's what happens. so number one for me my favorite is uh my mom when we were when we were growing up my mom would always wake us up early on easter morning almost kind of like christmas morning except instead of trees or trees under the gifts instead of gifts okay. under the trees she would wake us up for an easter egg hunt where she had you know how you had like those little plastic eggs that would break in half yeah oh yeah yeah the ones where yeah exactly. yeah she would hide those all around the house the night before after we would go to sleep 
and then she'd wake us up in the morning to do this and we loved it because you know normally they would have like candy in them or something but my mom would also uh motivate us by putting money in some of them and there was always one egg it was always the hardest one to find that had a twenty dollar bill Ooh. and a twenty dollar bill for a like 10 to 13 year old That's kid like is like yeah is like huge so me and my brothers would always you know run around the house and try and find the twenty dollar one and we would try we would try and find that one first and my mom would always yell at us like there's so many more easy ones to find like look right here and i'm like mom mom you wouldn't put the twenty dollars in that one i'm not gonna look for that one you could probably buy all the eggs oh, yeah. and the contents of the eggs with that yeah. twenty dollars now Absolutely. that would be the funniest part of all if the twenty dollar bill was in one of the really obvious yeah ones. just like right it's like in the middle of the the, the, right? the living room so so that's my top five nice should I go next, Steve? Are you ready or you want me yeah, to Yeah, I can go next. Let's go. So uh, at number five for me is lamb because this is the yes. one day of the year which in our family we eat lamb. And for many, many years we had ham on Easter. But for all of us on my dad's side of the family basically just started, yeah, basically my brother, myself, and my dad just complained every single year. So eventually we went to his family's side of family tradition had lamb for the Lamb of God. And it's it's delicious. Cool. At number like four, that. shout out to the great people at Mally's Chocolates. Mally's Chocolate Bunnies have been in my Easter shout basket out, and others for years and years and years, and probably will forever. So you talk uh, about the big giant chocolate bunny? Uh, yes. Yeah, the one where like you can't even get the whole ear in when you try to take that first bite. Like it's it's awesome. Um, at number three, getting a little more serious now. Um, at Easter Vigil Mass, um, right after the sermon is said, you have this time where the new Catholics are confirmed mm-hmm. into the Catholic Church. I always thought that this was a... Because for over a six-month period, they basically go through classes, and they, they get First Communion, they get First Reconciliation. Yeah. And the culmination on Easter Vigil Mass is when they get confirmed in front of the entire congregation. And I, I think it's a very, very cool ceremony that they do in the midst of the Mass. It's one of the few things that you actually see at church that is really out of the ordinary and it's unique, and I, I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, number two, this is also kind of important, The um, every single year between 12 and 3, I don't care if I'm working that day or not, I go to church and pray the Stations of the Cross oh, on yeah, Good Friday. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be doing so again tomorrow. Um, thankfully, I do not work tomorrow, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, uh, that's just been a tradition for darn near 20 years for me now. So, uh, you know, that's big. And then number one, well, I've got Easter egg hunts as well. Um, good job, Dan. But not the kind that he's thinking of where you're trying to find the ones that are really well hidden in the house. No. I'm talking about the ones where you've got about 100 kids in a giant field. And... You got somebody waving the green flag, and it is complete and utter chaos. People pushing, shoving, you know, diving out, trying to get these eggs. And you know, because it's early April or even some years late March, it's cold. It's certainly muddy. It, it's just complete and utter heck for all these kids. And it's just yeah. it's awesome to watch this. I've not been a part of this since being a kid. I don't have a kid of my own yet. I, it's like... Once I do, I'm, I'm going to be so happy again because this was such a huge tradition when I was younger. 
Deerfield Lake just had theirs. Uh, the development I used to live in, Strongsville, uh, they just had theirs last week. It was actually on Dan's birthday. Um, yeah, I, I think you, it's great. You know, I think you brought up a really cool point. Like, we're talking about all these Easter traditions, which most of them are centered around when we were children. That's gonna be really, it's gonna right. be really cool when we're adults. Well, we're already adults, duh. But when we're, I meant to say when we're parents, and like we get to kind of re revamp these traditions with our kids. Like I think it's gonna be real fun, you know, to kind of either do some of these again with our kids or make new ones. But I think you know, I think it's it's really cool. To, I, I found that fascinating. You know, that when you said that, it, I think that'll be real cool. Easter Excellent. egg hunts and all that kind of stuff. You know, that it kind of brings back that nostalgia factor and it'll be fun to see see our future kids do that as well what's your about your traditions jordan why would you do on yeah. easter way down in houston so yeah the majority of these are going to be from houston because once i was older i was in michigan and i just did you know easter yeah. in all seriousness easter became more of a religious thing for me and i didn't really get into like the the, the, the kitty parts of easter um so uh number five i have easter baskets um as a kid you're never going to be upset when your mom or dad or you know gets you a, a toy or a gift or something Heck yeah so man our uh, parents always gave us some toy or something one main thing and then there was just like tons of candy so uh it was always fun you know and, and, and i really my mom was so good at making the baskets real fun and really she puts a, a lot of thought into things that we like and she would get candy we like like me and my sisters we all got different candy like i got a certain type of candy i like my sister got the candy she liked so it was real cool to see her put that effort to make it customized to the stuff we like uh number all four right, all right, all right. <laughs> my man um number four uh church breakfast burritos in Houston. So in Houston, I went to a Hispanic church. It was all in Spanish and it was multi-ethnic. So there was Mexicans, there was Argentines, there was Cubans, Puerto Ricans, you name it. Any, if it was Hispanic, they were there. Um, and we would always start Sunday off with, uh, with uh, breakfast burritos. And so we all got there and, you know, some of the, some of the ladies and the deacons of the church would go buy the burritos from a local taqueria uh, and tacos as well. And, and we would just have this awesome feast at, like at nine in the morning. Once breakfast was over, we would have a special service where it was focused around celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And it was just really cool. It was, it was a fun time. Um, everybody dressed up. In Hispanic culture, a lot of people dress up traditionally on Sundays. But for Easter Sunday, it was like the next level. Like we would all, oh, get they new, go all out. Oh yeah, we would get new suits, we would get new ties, you know, the whole thing, right? So that was always fun for me as a kid. Um, number three, the Ten Commandments. Uh, I remember watching this with my grandma. For some reason, this was her thing, and she, my Mexican grandma, uh, shout out Grandma Lola. Um, she loves love this. She probably still watches this every. Easter. How do you say it in Spanish? Uh, Ten Commandments. Grandma. Oh, Grandma, Abuela. Abuela. Abuela, Abuela Lola. Lola. <laughs> um, she probably still watches this every time, uh, every time, every Easter. Uh, but I just remember distinctly watching this at her house, and I just thought it was so cool to do that with her. Um, number two, egg hunt at my uncle's house. Um, <laughs> we've already mentioned egg hunts, um, but my my uncle had this huge house. Like it was, it, it was not in the country, but it was like the border of the country and the suburbs, and. 
He had a huge yard, and they would, man, they'd hide hundreds, I don't know about hundreds, but dozens and dozens of eggs in this big yard, and it was like a challenge. So you kind of like what you said, Steve, you know, it, it was fun. My grandma would always have, she would do candy, and she would also put like $5 bills and like five eggs. So you would just hope to be the lucky, <laughs> the lucky one to right. find those. Um, other than that, it was just mainly candy, but it was great. You know, as a kid, candy's gold, you know. And number one, same same event, but just the overall, it was just the barbecue. We would do like a big grill, a grill out, Mexican-style grill out every Easter. That's what we did. My uncle, same place, uncle's house. He had a whole bunch of different grills. He was super, he's a great cook, great chef. Um, usually it would be fajitas. We'd make pico, we'd have tortillas, and then different Mexican sides. So it was just amazing food, so much fun. And, you know, the weather's great in Houston, and this time the weather's awesome. It's so not so not ham, no, absolutely not. No ham. <laughs> we wouldn't even do lamb. Honestly. No honey baked ham. No, no ham, no lamb, none of that. It would be Mexican style. So it oh, was great. and the worst Easter tradition ever. Bonus is having to stand in line at the honey baked ham store <laughs> with about two hundred people in front of you. <laughs> oh my god, I had to do that like ten oh, years ago. Oh, that does not sound like fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so those are my Easter traditions, and I hope to do these again in the future when I have kids. So. Hey, Jimmy, what are yours? Yes, sir. Well, I know we talked about holiday traditions on uh, past episodes. Yeah. And I've never really had too many traditions. I don't even like. I really don't have a top five per se. I'm just gonna rattle off some things that I've done that kind of like Rhea great over the years but um i only really went out of town a few years and i was so young i was probably like three four five and then after that it was kind of spent like at home but i did the easter egg hunts with like my cousins we went to buffalo we had some family there but after a certain age we kind of just stayed at home and like a lot of my really fond memories of easter revolve around uh, church you know going to church in the morning with the family and uh, some of the best moments was always after church. We would always have brunch. Like my parents would make bacon, eggs, toast, and like sausage. We had orange juice. Like sometimes pancakes. So a lot of memories, you know, including food. Like uh, Steve was saying, the honey baked ham lines. I can definitely relate to that. Never, uh, never a fan of that. I didn't even like honey baked ham for years, to be honest. But I, 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 I was thinking. Here's a fun fact. I still don't. I, I don't like like ham like that. I don't know why. Yeah, I had to get used to it. I wouldn't eat it just straight up. I had to eat it with some bread, like a sandwich. Right. Never, I would try to trick myself thinking it's just a ham sandwich. Cause I, I don't know. Maybe it's a texture thing. Maybe I was just a weird kid. Who knows? Uh, but my life... <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, my typical Easter, though, probably consisted of church, eating, lots of candy. My mom would have five candy, keep it in bowls, like around the house, um, and uh, just like lounging around all day. Me and my sister, we would like play video games, just watch TV, just kind of take a, yep. you know, relax Sunday or whatever, yeah. But um, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I don't really have a top five, but... Easter's always been kind of just a chill holiday for us, going to church, being around a family, and kind of just relaxing. Chill, fine. <laughs> Stop. Quit playing oh, random ones. <laughs> Literally, I, I had it all set up to end this. I was going to be like, okay, I was going to do this. 
And that's the end of our top five. I know, Jordan, why did I give him access to this? <laughs> you knew you, sh- you should have known better than this. Why? Why did I do this? Oh, man. Save that password on my phone. Oh, okay. Ugh. Anyway, so there's our top five. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys got some traditions out there. Let us know. Similar to ours. And uh, hopefully it's a good Easter for everybody. Looking forward to spending time with the fam for sure. That's what it's all about. Heck yeah, it's man! About Christ, I'm being—I'm not being funny right now. I'm being serious. It's about yeah. Christ, and it's about the family. That's what it's about. Speaking of uh, religious topics, Jordan, uh, what do you got for what's happening for us this week? Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a little—a little bittersweet. Um, as many, of, I'm sure everybody knows now, uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, one of the most iconic uh, landmarks in the world. Yeah. Uh, Almost burned down. It didn't completely burn down. The roof and the spire burned down. Yeah, somehow, some way, they were able to salvage <sighs> the building. They, I, I guess mean, from what I from what I was reading online, the the firefighters said they were like about thirty minutes away from the whole thing collapsing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the the building was on fire for hours. Oh, I know. Yeah, I couldn't believe. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. It literally, like, I'm not being yeah. funny. It's an act of God that that no, thing is still standing. It, it really is. And so somebody. I was, you know, all the, I don't know any of, I just, I've always known it's a beautiful building, but I was reading online, the whole inside is wooden, like a wooden frame, wooden roof. Wooden and stone. And the stone kept it hot and like kept it going. So yeah. you lit, it literally made an oven. So right. that's why everything just was gone. Now, uh, some positives, let's be, let's be real here. Nobody, doesn't sound like anyone was yeah, hurt or died. died. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And I want to just say that right now. It, look, know, it looks like, at least for now, it was right. an accident. It wasn't intentional. Right. And, and you know, it so wasn't arson. It, it wasn't terrorism. Right. Right. It wasn't it's anything sad that, that the, the building's been damaged and we lost 800 year old stained glass and whatever. Oh, you gosh. Know? That, that's really sad. I mean, yeah. that. like that's, yeah. tr- that's like history. It's history. You will never get that back. It's yeah. literally ashes now. So that's yeah. sad. I'm very happy to hear that nobody was killed, nobody was hurt, uh, none of the firefighters died. Um, it does sound, I guess, one of the priests and some other people saved a lot of the art, so that's awesome to hear. Yeah, so there was there was actually, it, it, was, it was really interesting, I was doing some reading um, on it, and there was a good amount of either the statues or the art yeah. had just been taken out for like cleaning and restoration. They're restoring the whole, yes. the, the whole thing right so now. So a right? good amount of um, the art, uh, the historical art in there is preserved because it wasn't in there at the time of the fire. Yeah. So, um, and I, I guess the main gold cross that's like at the altar. Yeah, that was such a which, such a crazy picture. Which was interesting because someone was saying, well, it's 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 a simple reason why it didn't get destroyed. Uh, wood burns at six hundred degrees, I guess, is the hottest it can get, and I guess the melting point of gold is way hotter than that. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. It, it makes sense why it survived, right. but it's still really cool. Like you see those pictures of the cross <coughs> and the, this black, like, like yeah. over top of like a lot of the rubble that right. fell from the so, ceiling. And and it makes sense. I'm not trying to be weird and corny here, but it's yeah. really cool no, to mean, see the cross survive. I I, um, I, I do believe, I do believe to a certain extent yeah. in divine intervention. So <laughs> right, I mean, right, exactly. So. I, there, there were some crazy stories out yeah. there about how, like, 
uh, some woman saw the silhouette of Jesus in the flame. Yeah, like, you know, people like always, where the spire yeah. was. Like, people get a little weird okay, with that like stuff, you know, but, yeah. believe what you want to believe. But. Um, anyway, so I'm bringing this topic up because it's relevant. I've seen a lot of different crazy viewpoints on this, and I just want to say first, you know, it's sad to see history burn like that. That's that's never cool. Um, uh, for Christians, it's a sad moment. It's a holy week. Um, it was it was not fun to see the spire fall. With the right. cross on the top, it's just not a fun thing to see that. It was real sad. But uh, someone mentioned, you know, for those who are religious and those who are Christian, you know, the church is not a building. So right. let's be real here. And uh, But anyways, what I also want to talk about is, you know, a lot of people have pledged a lot of money. I think upwards of almost a billion or something. Over a billion yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. So We're I, talking people from all over the right. world now. So I think that's cool because I want to see Notre Dame Cathedral restored. Yeah. But I, I do I do want to say a few things like it shows me a couple things. You know, there's a lot of crises going on in this world. And it did. someone tweeted something. And the first time I saw it, I'm not going to lie, I was a little annoyed. I was like, eh, I don't know about if this is necessary. But then it really made me think. In so many words, a person said, uh, it's funny how billionaires can raise all this money to restore a, a, a building, essentially, is what it is. But... You know, there's places around the world, in the U.S. even, uh, that are still facing serious crisis. Flint is something that keeps getting brought up with the water. Um, and it made me think, you know, the money's there, but I don't think the heart's always there. Right. You know? And I'm not saying I don't want to see Notre Dame Cathedral restored. I do. And I think that's a good thing that we're going to restore it. And I think that's awesome. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. But it just kind of got me thinking, like... You know, the money's there, and even people like us, you know, we can always... Uh, and I'm gonna be, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I, I don't give as much as I should. Yeah. I have given in the past, but right. I don't. And it really kind of made me think, like, whew, you know, what we could do if we really put our hearts to it to, to help either the community or just other places across the world. So yeah. I just kind of want to get y'all's thoughts on that. You know, obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm not downplaying the, the sadness of Notre Dame Cathedral right. being burned because, again... That's history from literally the medieval ages. Yeah. That's gone forever. And it's, it's frustrating as someone who loves history to see that. Yeah, I mean, so, so I saw the same thing about them raising a billion dollars. Uh, obviously, it's not going to cost a billion dollars to rebuild that cathedral. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where all that money does go. Right. You know, maybe it can be allocated to, you know, other projects, other, other things that are going on that need funds. And I... You know, I'm not. I'm not talking about. You know, uh, like there are billionaires in France who are giving millions and millions of dollars. I'm not talking about them giving money to like, right. like the U.S. problems. Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like a good you point. know, you know, just just the main ones we see on you know people, you know, of course, bashing the president because he offered help by right, saying, uh, right. "Well, what about Puerto Rico? What about Flint, Michigan? Right, like, like that. Right. Those are obvious, but right. like, anyway, I don't want to get political. But no, that's fine. Yeah. Like I, I do think some, you know, some, some of that money and aid coming from us could be allocated to those, um, uh, those crises because that's what they are. Right. I mean, the, right. the the Flint, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan is real and it's been going on for years. I mean, it's yeah. going, it's been going on before uh, our current president's been in Absolutely. office. Absolutely. Um, so it's not just something that that that's come up now, but, but. I, I am interested to see where there, where a lot of that money is going to be allocated. 
Uh, because, like I said, it's not going to take a billion. It's not no, going to take a billion dollars to. There's no way it's going to cost a billion dollars. Yeah, to I mean, even if they were to knock Notre Dame Cathedral down and build another one, it's not going to cost a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I think to some degree. I mean, we're not. I'm not talking about the money coming. If any of it comes from the U.S., but I think to some degree this is this is a cultural thing because oh, sure. if, you've been, if you've been if you've been to Europe. You know, because you and Steve has been to Europe. Like Westminster. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Westminster Abbey. I've been to Notre Dame. I've been to Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. Right. So you, so you, I've been you to act, you've actually been to the cathedral. So, the cathedral. Yeah, I've been. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've been to all these places, and they just they. What I mean by that, Roman Catholics, or in the case of Westminster Abbey, Protestants in England, mm-hmm. they oh, yeah. it's, it's, take. Oh, their it's a different world over there. So yeah. seriously, yeah, and they. Literally, I mean, Sagrada Familia, they, they've been working on that thing for damn near 100 years. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's yeah, just I unbelievable. Yeah, that's in Barcelona, so, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for them to be pledging all this money, it's like people just don't even think about it. It's like, oh, my God, that's super important. I'm going to do this. That's right. a good point. And, that's actually a really you know, good point. here, do we have any cathedrals on the level of those in Europe? I mean, no. even in D.C. and some of the biggest cities, we really don't. Well, so, I, well I mean, the U.S. hasn't been around just, for that long. True. Uh, oh, I get that. I mean... Obviously, buildings that are I mean, built in the 18th or 19th century, they're not going to look I, the same as... Yeah, I mean, I, I would say probably the most comparable one we would have would be the Washington National Cathedral in D.C., mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, I would think. Right, right. But, you know... But it's still not built in the 12... Right, like in yeah. Th- this is like... like yeah. This is literally like a holy site. Right. Um, it really is for a lot of Catholics especially. Right. And even Protestants, honestly. I mean it's it's very much a, a holy oh, place. Yeah, I mean you know? I mean Steve's ca- I mean Steve's Catholic, but right, right. like I and he's been there, but I can right. imagine like me going there, I'm not even Catholic and I would be Yo, like taken aback by shame. just by being at that building and Well you know. one one thing I appreciate about Catholicism is they really emphasize making the church beautiful. Yeah. As you know, a kind of like you would know more about this, but like in you know as that's also part of worship and that's part yeah. of the whole thing and, and well, I, it, I, I it, like it, it is it is it is treated like more more as a holy place like where, right right like you know where you know most most christians and catholics believe like you know god is everywhere god is omnipresent right. like right. like god's right here right now exactly yeah but like when when you do gather like in a house of worship or whatever um you know it it is good to make sure it's. I agree. To make sure it looks. Yeah, right. it's and, it's as worthy as we can make it look. Right. I, I do think it was cool to see uh, all religions. Even I saw a lot of atheists. You know, kind of like really bummed out about it. You mentioned you know it's it's cultural too. You know. Oh, absolutely. It, it is mm-hmm. essentially a Christian yeah. and a Catholic. You know, Catholic. You know, found uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, like foundation, but. Um, there was a lot of Muslims that were real upset about it, you know, because if, if anyone understands iconic architecture, it's Islam. I mean, they, they yeah. have a lot of really famous places, too, and some of their holy sites have been destroyed in the past, and right. they've kind of gone through that. Um, right. And someone mentioned, you know, the Taj Mahal burned down. That'd be a tra- that'd be a everyone would oh freak out. That, that is one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever seen. So it's cool. it's cool to see the unification that came kind of from it you know right. everyone kind of was mourning the loss of it because it's more than in some ways it is more than just a, a religious site it's also cultural you know it's uh the there what is it called um UNESCO or whatever they call yes. it like it's, uh, is that the right has that UNESCO World Heritage yeah, Sites yeah so it has a World Heritage Site so yeah. I mean this is literally identified by the whole world as being an iconic place and you know yeah. it is what it is and 
and there's nothing we can do about it now. It's you know it's obviously burned, but I just kind of want to talk about it. You know, it's it's in everybody's minds right now, and it yeah. was sad to see it burning. That's for sure. Jimmy, do you have do you have any thoughts like uh, like when, maybe when you first heard about it, when you first saw like the the cathedral on fire? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys touched on uh, most of it. Kind of hard to add anything to this conversation, but right. like what you guys are saying, it's definitely more. It goes past just religion. Uh, historically, it was, it was just a beautiful piece of architecture, and it just kind of sucks seeing. I mean, it's our, you know, it's 2019, and I feel like people don't appreciate the history behind these buildings as much as maybe they used to. And uh, I feel like something like this just kind of brings attention to all the beautiful historical architecture we have in this world. And I, I don't know. Um, hopefully, I mean. They have plans on obviously rebuilding it soon, right? Or yeah. Like, I don't know what. I think it's a five-year plan. I heard or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Marcon, the French president, said he wants to see it rebuilt within five years. Um, so I mean, obviously, they need to do a heck of a lot of testing and um, research as to you know what parts of the building are still uh, structurally safe yeah. before they you know go ahead with a plan to to rebuild it. But but I. I I imagine this probably goes up to, you know, priority one as far as, you know, what things that need to get done as far as uh, construction-wise in and around Paris. They should just ask Quasimodo. He'll get it done. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Luckily, the whole thing didn't burn down. I mean, we still saved part of it. Right. And uh, it just sucks to see something like that go. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, yeah. It's, you'll I, never get it back. And that's you know, really, it, it was – so the most – uh, iconic part of the entire structure is the is the two towers at the front, and luckily those weren't those True. those weren't uh, touched. Uh, it came close, but you know the the spire fell, which I guess is kind of symbolic for the building being up in flames. But um, you know, I, I I think they should be able to rebuild it. Yeah, you know, obviously it'll never be the same, just because you know it was that old and you know that classic, but. Uh, they should be able to, to, to rebuild it. And I'm sure they'll rebuild it to look exactly the way it was as far as structurally. So, But, uh, but yeah, so that's what's happening. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Jimmy. Yes, sir. You were down in Nolens. How was that? Big Easy. Yeah. Is, uh, that, was, is that your new nickname? nickname? The Big Easy. The Big Easy. I like that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of upset. I didn't really see too much of the city. Obviously, yeah. I saw Bourbon Street, but uh, I was down there for a marketing conference we had uh, through the school. So I met a lot of cool people, uh, both you know within the U.S. and internationally. I actually made friends with a, uh, a few people from India. Uh, oh, nice. From Portugal uh, got their information, so it was cool to network. Yeah, like we went out and got to see Bourbon Street with them, but talking to a lot of the locals there, they all told me to stay away from Bourbon Street. They're like, that's not New Orleans. It's just so touristy. And they said uh, Frenchman Street was really popular, and they all told me to go see this um, ghost tours. They have tons of ghost tours. I didn't get to go on one, unfortunately. Yeah. So if I ever get to go back there, that'll be on my to-do list. But um, it's a really cool city. It's uh, weird seeing the, the Saints football stadium. That place is huge. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, the Superdome is enormous. 
Oh, it's massive. We drove by it every single day, and it's right. It's connected to uh, the basketball stadium, the Smoothie King Stadium. Right. <laughs> That's the worst name. Oh, it's really bad. One of the worst. Well, names. I don't know if it's the worst. But that that needs. That's a top five. That needs to be a top. That needs to be a top five. Top five worst uh, stadium names. It's a stadium befitting uh, one of the worst franchises in sports. Also true. Hundred percent. But it's a really cool city. I'm kind of disappointed. I I didn't get to see uh, more of it. I would have liked to try more of the cuisine. I just really didn't. uh, Yeah, a little jambalaya, a little gumbo. (laughs) How how would you just how would oh sorry. Oh dude. Go ahead. How would you describe Bourbon Street? Like, was it as crazy as people describe it, or, or was it kind of toned down at this time, or, or what did you think? No, it's, we went out on, uh, we got there on Wednesday night, we went just to this bar across from our hotel, but uh, on Thursday, I mean, it's Thirsty Thursday. Jimmy can go to bars, that's so be, crazy to think about. I know. <laughs> I think it'd be too crazy, but it was actually, we, we went down at a good time. It was the New Orleans, it was like the French Quarter Festival. And it was the second biggest time, uh, or like the biggest. Oh. It was right behind Mardi Gras. Like that's really? Like, oh, that's French cool. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's like really cool to have been there then. Yeah, it's perfect time. Was it like chaos, or were people behaving, or, or what? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple people you know get arrested, made there's some <laughs> scenes, but a lot of live, tons of live music. Obviously, bars on top on top of bars. But uh, <laughs> no, Bourbon Street, it, it's just. It's kind of trashy. I mean, it's kind of it's weird just walking around this street, like pretty much all downtown. It's open container, like that's fine. It's not frowned upon, so that's right. something to get used to. But um, very touristy. A lot of the there's really no culture behind Bourbon Street. Uh, did you have any beignets? I did not. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy. Sure. As the two people here who have been to Bourbon Street on a thirsty Thursday night, <laughs> can you? Just describe what Bourbon Street smells like. Ooh. What doesn't it smell like? With the horse cops walking around, just leaving their waste yes. everywhere. Yes. The vomit. The uh, not, just, not cool. I don't even know. Just the mixed drinks in the air. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the aroma definitely wasn't too fitting. I mean, it was very fitting, not very appetizing, to say the least. But um, I don't know. It was a good experience. I definitely like to go again and see more of the city. Stay away from Bourbon Street as much as I can because I'm quite over it. <laughs> see, I, I, was, I was thinking that too. I mean, I, I feel like everyone should probably experience that, but I feel like the best parts in New Orleans are probably not in Bourbon Street. <laughs> Just a yeah, thought. I, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I would think. That's what all the locals were telling me. Like, we had an Uber. Every That's where they do Mardi Gras, right? Bourbon Street. To know a yeah. lot of the drivers. Bourbon Street to downtown. Like, like the French Bourbon Quarter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Very touristy. Just kind of, you know, like meander your way downtown. Check out some local bars, restaurants. There's live music everywhere. So, like that's New Orleans. Bourbon Street is not an accurate depiction of New Orleans. So I gotta I go back sometime soon. Awesome. Cool. Well, glad you had fun, James. Glad you got home safe. Being the big two-one. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird hearing you uh, being able to go into bars legally. <laughs> I know. What the hell? Yeah. How about that? You're old now, man. Uh, every other birthday doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Right. All right, uh, Steve. Shall we talk, Tiger? 
Yeah. <laughs> Tiger was awesome, awesome. at the Masters. And we're not talking about the zoo. <laughs> we're talking about the Masters. I mean, maybe... The biggest it... event in golf happened this weekend. And uh, Sunday, I tried hyping it up for you guys last week. Sunday at the Masters lived up to the billing. Am I right? Dan, you were absolutely right to hype this event last week because it was off the chain. Especially once you got to Sunday, which... Master Sunday is truly one of the, the great days in sports, especially when you have a year like this where A, Tiger is in the hunt, and B, you have like 10 players within like two shots of the lead. Not, with, with not only, only, not only that, go. not only that, they were all, uh, they've all won majors. Like they're not, they're, they weren't no-name golfers. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Uh, you know, big names. And you even had a few guys you hadn't heard of, like Patrick Chantley and um, Xander Schofley. Yeah, Francesco Molinari was up there. Yeah. Uh, who else was? Uh, Bubba Watson was up there for a while. Oh, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, How Phil, did Jordan Spieth do? Uh, he Not very well. No, well, I, he, he made was, the cut, but he, he wasn't, wasn't a factor. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, in contention for the lead uh, on Sunday, but he played all right. He was like Rory. Yeah, Phil Phil was 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 flirting with it for a little bit, but he kind of fell off. But but man, I I I gotta say I gotta give it up to Tiger, man. I mean, for as much as and and, and a lot of this is self inflicted because you know he cheated on his wife with like twenty seven <laughs> porn stars, and then got the crap kicked out of him with a with a nine iron. Uh, Ewan Nordegren, boy, did she do a number? Wait, yeah. I don't remember that. I'm not being funny. Oh I yeah, don't. she. Wait, she, she like she attacked found, him. She. This was this was back when this first happened, like ten years ago. How do I not remember this? This like, was in 2009. Yeah. So she found out that he was cheating on her, or whatever, and he, right. she chased him out of their house. He got he got into uh, his Escalade and was trying to back out of the driveway. And hit a tree, I do backing out, and I then yeah, she yeah, yeah. she tried literally beating the crap out of him with one of his golf clubs. Oh my goodness! Smashed out all the windows of his SUV. I mean, it was. I do vaguely remember this. Like this wasn't even like Carrie Underwood before he cheats. Like <laughs> I mean, this was like she was trying to kill the bastard. Wow. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's it, crazy. I don't. I, I vaguely remember that. I feel like I should remember this more than I am. But. Yeah. No, it, it was wild. But uh, but anyway, that you know, that's not why uh, we're talking. But just just to see like where he's come back from. Like this guy literally uh, went to rehab for sex addiction. Right. And went to rehab for uh, substance abuse and. You know, a few years a, demons, a few years yeah. ago, got DUI. Like, and not only that, after all that, he had what three back surgeries or something. Oh like yeah, that? his back is like, fused. There's no way the guy should even still be able to play. And he's not 25. He's 40. I think 40, 43, 42, 43. Yeah, something like that. The guy just won the Masters. He won his first Masters 22 years ago. Yeah, folks. He won his first Masters. Uh, he has he hadn't won the Masters since 2005 before this. And that was the year 14 years ago where we had the chip heard round the world on 16, where right. he had the the ball roll all the way up to the edge and then it sat on the edge for like two seconds before it rolled in. But the most most incredible part about Tiger's win, in my opinion, Tiger has won 15 major championships. Right, he's. He's, you know, back on the prowl to catch Jack. Tiger Woods has never won a master when coming from behind on Sunday. Really? When I don't he think has he's ever won any major from he's, behind on Sunday, has he? That's what I mean. Did I say masters? Yeah, masters. Uh, but... any, any any major. Yeah. 
He is the greatest front runner in the history of golf, maybe in the history of sports. If he has the lead, it used to be, you know, back when he was in his prime, when he had the lead on Sunday, forget about it, it was over. He was never going to give up a lead. He was too intimidating. It was essentially trying to trying to play Michael Jordan in basketball when Michael Jordan had a 10-point lead. Right. Like, Perfect analogy. You're not going to beat him. But uh, but, but he, he, he never had shown a uh, penance to come back. And what, what was he? He was behind by, what, three going into Sunday? He was down by three at one point. I think he was down by two at the start of the round. Okay. So, yeah, he, he found himself down three. And, and to, to his credit, he, he got back in it and eventually won the Masters because he didn't, he didn't make any big risks. Everybody else was hitting their ball in the water. Ultimately, what changed the tide was Molinari finding when, water first on 12, which, I mean, a lot of players hit, hit in the water on 12, that crazy Mo- par 3. Yep. But then when he did it on 15, oh, man. When he had his layup short left in, in the rough, and he, it almost looked like he chunked it, and it, hit, it clipped a branch, and it actually hit an acorn, and it fell into the water, and right after the ball falls in, you see the acorn fall into the water. And after that, his I mean, his he was done. I mean, absolutely done. He wasn't coming back after that. But the other side to this was it wasn't just, you know, people remember this for Tiger's win, and maybe some will remember for Molinari kind of screwing up. But you had six or seven other guys that were right there trying trying to come from behind and win. And at one point, Patrick Cantlay had the lead after 15. Um, Xander Schofley, I think, was tied for the lead at one point right after Molinari screwed up. So he st- it was not like... It was binary. Either Woods or Molinari was going to win. Right, like, right, right. If Woods had had made any mistakes, one of these other guys, Kepka, you know, was putting on eighteen to try and get the thirteen under. I, so I, I was, I was absolutely, I, mean, I was about to say that. What about, what about where Tiger has hit his drive? He's, he's, uh, he's waiting to hit a second into the green, and he sees Kepka miss that what eight footer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have put that would have actually put heat on Tiger. And he knows Bogey's going to win at that point. If, if that puck goes in, now he's like, oh, I got to make par. Right. Especially when he misses the green on the second shot, then right. the pressure's really on because he would have to get up and down. Absolutely. But that's not to take anything away from Tiger. Uh, he was awesome uh, to see him back, to see him roaring, to see him fist pumping again, and uh, and then and then after when he when he won and the symbolic moment where he went up and hugged his son, uh, kind of. Because I remember that because people were talking. I guess he did it with his dad, like so. Previously. Yeah, when he yeah. when he won the Masters for the first time, he did that with his dad. He walked off the 18th green, knew he had won, and then just like jumped into his dad's arms. And his dad had his dad had been his golf co- coach since he was literally three years old, and so his dad's you know now passed on. But right. Um, but now Tiger's doing that with his son uh, Charlie. So that was um, that was incredibly emotional. So I saw that, and I'm not. I don't have anything to offer about like, because I'll be honest, I, I I don't understand golf. I do want to understand golf. Yeah. And I do see myself in the future watching it, and I would love to try it out. And we've talked about doing this yeah. this year, and I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to it. Yeah, we'll do it this uh, summer. So I'm not being funny. Like I, I I just don't know the game. Right. But I tried. Expl- I, I tried I, explaining <laughs> him the rules the other day, and he just didn't. I get just it. didn't get it. But um, I he watched doesn't... the final. What do you call it? Putt or whatever. And that was really cool. I don't even yeah. know the sig. I know the significance because I understand who Tiger is, yeah. and he hasn't won in a long time. Right. And it was really cool to see the crowd react like they did. It was cool to see him go hug his kid. Um, I respect all sports, and I love watching 
a comeback. I love watching an unexpected victory and or whatever you want to name it. So I appreciated that. Now, you know, again, I don't have anything to add as far as that goes, but I do want to say that was really cool to see that that clip that I saw. Yeah, for sure. So, Jordan, you say you want to know more about golf. Do you know who Lorena Ochoa is? I, I no, know he Ochoa, doesn't know. He doesn't know who that is. Get, a, get her on speed dial. She's the greatest Mexican to ever play the sport. Oh, really? So Mexico's got a good uh, golfer. I know who Memo Ochoa is. Yeah, the, but, uh, that's goalkeeper. okay. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, we are uh, we're humming along here. Uh, let's play. Mm. Let's play real quick. Let's go through Browns' schedule game. So the Browns' schedule was released, and uh, yesterday, four primetime games. Interestingly, I thought. They have three primetime games in the first five weeks, which I thought was interesting how the NFL kind of front. I, I, I feel as though like the NFL isn't quite bought in on the Browns being good, and they didn't want to kind of give them late season. Uh, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case something happens and they end up And if sucking. you notice, other than the game against the Rams in week three, those primetime games aren't against good teams. One of those games is against the Jets, another is against the 49ers. And the others against Pittsburgh, which um, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be very good this year, but who knows? Uh, but Pittsburgh, uh, well, I, for, for Pittsburgh, maybe they won't be very good. I, I still think they'll be in it. I still think they'll be 500 or better. They're not going to go below 500. Yeah, there's no way Pittsburgh's going to be, like, terrible. But, but, uh, but, but, but yeah. Oh, the Penguins got swept. <laughs> Uh, okay. Literally has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's go through it real Pittsburgh quick. Pittsburgh sucks. Uh, stop Pittsburgh. it. Stop it. They do suck. We're already at an hour, and we still have a ton of crap to talk about. Let's do. All this. right, let's do it real quick. Uh, Jimmy, you ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to call out the games, and uh, you guys tell me whether the Browns are going to win or not, and then we'll give our Browns records at the end. So, uh, Week one, home against the Tennessee Titans. Steve, what do you got? Uh, Browns win. Jordan. I hate the Titans, so I'm going to spitefully say the Browns win, but I also think they should be able to win that game. Jimmy, what do you think? Way over analytical there, Jordan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Browns will win. So that's a – wow. <laughs> that was a lot why, longer why? than I thought it was going to be. You see – there's a reason why I have some of these on the soundboard because I've actually gonna, listened to them I'm gonna, first. I know I'm gonna have to like do some research. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so interesting. This is very interesting. We all have the see. See, this is this is how how the perception of the Browns have changed. We all have the Browns winning Week One. The Browns haven't won an opener in 15 years. They always oh, lose really? Week One. It's a tradition. Yes. You know what though? They tied last year. They tied. And they broke a lot of a lot of hoodoo, true. voodoo's hoodoo. That's true. Wait, is it hoodoo or voodoo? voodoo. <laughs> they broke a lot. No, it is hoodoo. I thought. No, it's voodoo. Okay, they broke a lot of bad luck right. last year. So yeah. this is the time to believe. Be a winner. Believe it. Yeah, for right, sure. Week two. Week two. Browns are on Monday Night Football at oh. the New York Jets. Shoot. So uh, this is actually this is the game I thought that was going to open the season because this is the fiftieth year of Monday Night Football. And uh, the first Monday Night Football game ever was the Browns and the Giants, or the Browns and the Jets. Really? So I thought, yes. I thought a little bit of symmetry there that the NFL would start, but I guess that that wasn't to be. So, 
But week two, the Browns go to Meadowland, the new Meadowlands, uh, on Monday Night Football and play the Jets. Steve, what do you got? That's a Browns win. <laughs> wow, Steve's got the Browns at 2-0. and Who would have thought Steve would have the Browns starting at 2-0? and It's true. The Titans aren't any good and neither the Jets. Well, the Titans aren't terrible, but the Jets are awful. I forget. Jordan, what do you got? Oh, Browns, no doubt. Oh, yes. No, I'm serious, no doubt. Jimmy, what do you think? Odell re- returning back to New York, even though it's not the Giants. Right. Uh, uh, Browns will win. Wow. Uh, I am not following the trend. I think the Browns are going to lose that game. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, so you three have the Browns at two and zero. I am at one and one. Okay. Week three, Sunday night football. Home against the Los Angeles Sunday Night Football is the new Monday Night Football. Like back when we back when we were kids, Monday Night Football was the game. That was the game you watched. I I think Sunday Night Football is better. That's what now it is. Yes, now it is better announcers, better network. Uh, People just watch football more on Sundays. So, uh, but to me, there there are two games that you could say are the biggest games of the year for the Browns. This is one, and you know we'll talk about uh, the other one coming up, but. Browns at home on Sunday Night Football against the Rams. Steve. Rams are going to have a Super Bowl hangover this year. Browns. <laughs> oh! oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Steve's got the Browns at 3-0. and oh. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> Holy crap. You better not be having the Browns go 16-0 and oh and just pulling my leg. Wow. Right, he says no. That's not going to happen. All right, Jordan. Uh, this is where they lose. Uh, the the Rams are good. Um, they're not Super Bowl good, but we all know what happened in that Saints game. Yeah. Um, and we all know what happened in the Super Bowl. But I do think the Rams. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not feeling the Browns winning this game. Yeah. I think it's going to be the second big I, night, like the second out. second primetime game. They did it against Monday night. Uh, I'm sorry, against the Jets and Monday night. Uh, they're going to be a little too confident. And they're going to lose the lead early, and they're not going to be able to recover. You're not outlandish to think that. I'm. I mean, it. it you know, Steve's reasoning is that the Rams are going to have a Super Bowl hangover, and that's it, also it, very. If, if they don't, believable. and they're still elite, I mean, the Rams are one of the mo- the more elite teams in the NFL. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for the Browns to say, "Oh, we're going to beat the NFC champion," I do like, want to clarify. I don't think it's because of the Rams are good that right. they're going to lose. I think it's just because coming off of a, that Monday night victory, they're going to yeah. have against the Jets. Am I right? They're going to be like, whoa, there's too much prime time. And they're going to, like, you know, right. petered out there. Petered out. Okay. Yeah. 1950s, apparently. Yeah. That's what we're in right Is now. Is the field still 100 yards long and 53 yards wide, whether you play it day or night? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I it's a mental It's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. Jimmy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan here saying that they're going to peter out. <laughs> I think the Browns will lose this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I was not expecting that. Oh, we hit the point of the night where Steve's laughed so hard he's got the hiccups. Oh, that's great. Oh boy! But anyway, uh, me, I say the Browns win this game. I have okay. them losing Monday Night Football. I just think Brown Stadium is going to be like we, like okay, we we were at Game On in Lakewood for Thursday Night Football last year, and. That was 
Like, we weren't even at the stadium, and we could feel how electric the stadium was. Oh, that was fun. I remember that. That times 10. Like, yeah. the Browns haven't been on Sunday Night Football since 2006. And, I'm, you know, I can't blame NBC for good reason. Oh, <laughs> shit. But right. uh, can you imagine Browns? played on NBC right. last can you, in 2008. Can, can you imagine Brown Stadium uh, when, on a Sunday night, when Browns fans have literally all day to tailgate? Oh, I know. It's going to be chaos. Not saying that's a good thing because there's going to be so many drunken idiots in that stadium. (laughs) It's also going to be a good thing. But I just think that atmosphere is going to be so electric. And, uh, no, I, I, I I can't wait. And I don't think the Brown, I don't think the Browns are going to lose that game. So, uh, I have the Browns at two. I think we all have the Browns at two and one at this point, correct? Yeah, except for me. Oh, Steve. It's right from Steve. All right. Week four. Let's go through these a little bit quicker. Um, week four at Baltimore. Steve. Ravens. So he's got the Ravens. Jordan. Uh, I think that the Ravens aren't that scary. I think the Browns are going to make a big statement and take this game. Yeah. Jimmy. Agreed. Baltimore will lose. Mm. I also have the Browns winning. I think it's a major uh, – Baker Mayfield's big on uh, payback and motivation. And the way that that game ended in Baltimore last year, uh, I think that's going to motivate him to uh, put on a show. And – also, Steve said he thinks the Steelers are going to stink. I think the Ravens are going to stink. I, I I'm not a believer Damn, at all in Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. I don't think he, I don't. <laughs> he he hasn't yet mastered the art of the forward pass. I agree. And well, I think I think after a year of having film on him and their run game, NFL defenses are pretty adept at adapting to different styles. Um, you, you know, you saw uh, the Wildcat back ten years ago. That lasted what, like two years? <laughs> that that Wildcat offense, the Dolphins basically brought out for a game against New England in Foxborough, and they kicked the Patriots where it hurt. Right. And within a week, the whole league was trying to copy it. Right. It lasted about two or three years, and that was dead. right. So now, now we all have the Browns at three and one. So week five, uh, Browns Monday Night Football are at the San Francisco Forty ers Browns win this game like thirty-five to three. Nine is not horrible. Not Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy. Browns win this game. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy. They're not a good team. The Browns are going to win this twenty-eight to fourteen. Jimmy, I didn't know we were giving scores. All no, time. we're not giving scores. Jordan's just ridiculous. Please don't give a score. Don't follow uh, my lead. Honestly, I think. So the Browns the week before are going to beat the Ravens. They're going to feel all, all, all high and mighty, thinking that they're the, you know, the kings of the NFC or the yeah AFC uh, whatever North. And um, I think they're going to lose this game. I think they're going to choke and uh, lose pretty badly. I totally agree with Jimmy. I think this has trap game written all over it. Okay. Especially for me, because I have the Browns at three and one, coming off a big divisional road win at Baltimore. I think they're going to be high and mighty. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's back. And the the 49ers are not uh, – now, they're not great with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're not as nearly as bad as they were last year. So, um, I, I see the Browns dropping that game. So, I have the Browns at 3-2. and two. Okay. Steve has them at 4-1. and one. Jordan and uh, – Jordan 4-1, Jimmy 3-2. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, let's just, let's just go through our records at the end. Yeah, yep. yeah, we'll do that, yeah. So week six, Seattle comes a calling, and Seattle comes cross country for a one o'clock kick at Cleveland at First Energy Stadium. Steve, Seattle playing in the Eastern Time Zone at one o'clock. They're a terrible road team, Browns. Oh Jordan. my goodness! 
you know, Russell, what's his name? Wilson is still running off that high from that contract. He, he <laughs> I almost made it. And post, uh, and posting uh, and posting uh, post post sex videos with his wife announcing the contract. <laughs> okay. Jordan, Jordan officially is uh, losing that privilege next week. I, uh, Russell Wilson. That's all distorted. Whatever. It was a great moment. Um, I think that the Browns are going to lose this game because um, I have them at 4-1. They've had a, yeah. some really crucial victories. Seattle Seahawks are no joke. Um, no. I really think, that, you know, I, I, I think they're going to lose this game, unfortunately. All right. Jimmy. Uh, I think the Browns are going to win. I think they're going to redeem themselves from an embarrassing loss the week before and uh, have a comeback win. I got Browns winning. Browns beating the Seahawks. Go Browns. So, 4-2. 5-1. 5-1. 4-2 and for 4-2 for Jimmy. Yep. All right, so week seven, bye week. Who you got? <laughs> ah! <laughs> you always win the bye week. So, anyway, week eight. This is my other nominee for biggest game of the season. Uh, Browns to get the four four twenty five primetime slot. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be calling this game at Foxborough at the New England Patriots. Steve. Patriots. Jordan. Patriots. Sorry, but Jimmy. Uh, there's no way that they're going to be able to defeat Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Just because you all said that. Browns. <laughs> yeah. Steve, ask me who's going to win. Who's going to win? <laughs> the Browns are going to win, baby. Rick yeah. Flair. The Browns what? are going into Foxborough and beating Titan Tom. May God be the glory. <laughs> and may Robert Kraft go to prison. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. There it is. I'm going to be singing that if that happens. All right, so uh, what is that, week eight? So week nine, Browns are at Denver. Steve. Uh, Browns. Browns. They did it last year. They're going to do it again. Who Jimmy. cares about the Broncos? And Joe Flacco sucks. Yeah, he does. Jimmy. Dog check, baby. Ooh, hit us <laughs> with a dog check. Dog check. All right, uh, so that's that's week nine. Week uh, – or I have I have the Browns beating the Broncos. Okay. I think the Broncos are pretty bad. Joe Flacco's terrible. Yeah. Uh, week 10, home against the Bills. Oh, that's an easy one, Browns. 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 Jimmy? Yeah, he said Browns. Oh, he said Browns. Okay. Uh, I say Browns. All right. So, what is that? Is All 7-2 that... except for Jordan, who's 6-3. and three. Wow, I already... Okay. I didn't know I was... Okay. All right. Uh, Steve, Thursday Night Football, home against the Steelers. Browns. Steve's got the Browns at eight and two. Wow! Oh my God! I'm gonna actually have to call you a Browns fan this year, Jordan. It is home or away. I'm sorry. Home, home, home. Browns for sure. Jimmy. Yeah, I'm gonna say Browns at home, but when we go away, they'll lose. But well, yeah. Well, yeah, hey, not, we're not that far. Slow down, Turbo. Man. We're not there yet. Come on. All right. Uh, I can't pick Pittsburgh, man. Go Browns. Okay. All right. All eight and two except Jordan, seven and three. Wow. <laughs> Is this uh oh, man, wow. Week uh what what week was that? Eleven? Yeah. That was Pittsburgh home. Yeah, week eleven. So week twelve. Dolphins at home. Steve. 
Browns always play at least one game every year where they suck. And, and, and of course, to. and of course, he's going to pick the I, one where they play the Dolphins. This, I'm going to project this as the one word. Because he likes their colors, he likes don't the ask, Dolphins. Don't ask why. No, I, no, I know why. Because no, you I, like the Dolphins. I agree, mm-hmm. and I think that is going to be that weird. They just came off that big W over the Steelers, who we all hate and everyone hates, especially Cleveland. They're going to lose to the Dolphins in overtime. Wow, Jimmy, well, I'm not alone on this one. No, I, I feel that. I felt that as soon as you said that. I felt that energy. Uh, I don't think they'll lose. I think it'll be extremely close, and I think it will go into overtime, and everybody's going to be like, all right, what the hell, it's the Dolphins, and then we're going to somehow win. So, yeah. All right. Browns. Wow. I also have the Browns winning. I think the Dolphins are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I this agree, year. but I think that's also why the Browns are going to lose to them, because it's just going to be one of those weird Maybe. I, be I'd be more apt to, to say yes if that game was in Miami. Mm. So... I, so me and Jimmy have the Browns at nine and two. Steve's yep. got him at eight and three. Jordan's got him at eight and three. Seven and four. Seven and four. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at Pittsburgh, can we all unanimously say that we think the Browns are going to lose this game? No, I think the Browns win that game. Wow! Wow! wow. I think they bounce back. Wow! They, they wow. Give deliver the coup. They the all coup right. de gras to Pittsburgh. I think. Uh, so uh, the rest I, of us. I, I say they're going to lose. I'm lose? sorry. Yeah. I, I know we don't want it to happen, but they will uh, lose uh, the home until away Pittsburgh game. until the Browns can prove to me they can win in Pittsburgh. I'm never going to pick. No, that's what I'm win. saying. That's that's, exact, that's that's an absolute house of horrors. Exactly for the Browns. what I'm saying. I, yeah, Jimmy, that, you, that you already said the Browns game. losing that game. Yes, I did. Okay. Home against the Bengals. Steve. Oh, that's a win. Browns. Jordan, fifty to nothing. It's gonna be a no. It's gonna be a massacre. It's gonna be a massacre. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, that's a dub. Yep, me too. Uh, at Arizona, Steve, uh, that's a win. Browns, Jordan, W, Jimmy, win. Browns will lose oh! at Arizona. <laughs> oh, what? That's my clunker game. <laughs> okay, right. okay, okay, okay. Yep. All, right, all right. Uh, yeah. Which won't sit well with uh, old Baker Mayfield because I, I think the Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray and that's going to be a matchup of back-to-back Oklahoma Heisman winners. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I think that's going to be the Browns' uh, slip-up game. So uh, home against Baltimore, uh, Steve, we got? This will be the game that clinches the division for the Browns. Win. Wow, nice. Jordan? Uh, definitely a W. Um, if I remember correctly, am I dumb? Did I say they're going to win or lose this game, the, the away game? No, I said they're going to win it. Uh, the away game. I think you did. And this yeah. is at home. Yeah. They're also going to win it because yeah. Baltimore is a fraud. Yep. They're going to win it. All right. Jimmy. Yeah, that'll be a Browns win for sure. And uh, I think the Browns are going to slip up and lose this game. Oh, okay. I have the Browns wow. losing two in a row. So week 17, rounding out the regular season, Steve at the Bengals. I think the Browns will lose this game, but only because they won't have anything to play for. Okay, so you, you think they'll have the division wrapped up. You, do, you, do you also think they'll have a home field advantage? I think they will spot? have a bye. I don't think they'll have. I don't. I don't think they'll have the one seed, but they'll, they'll right. be the two seed. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, I think this is gonna be one of those weird games where it's either gonna be they kind of need to win it for home field, or you know, either way, I think they're gonna lose it, and yeah. it might negatively affect their playoff structure right but it doesn't matter they're going to still make the playoffs but they will lose this game okay jimmy yeah i agree i think uh what steve was saying how they won't have anything to play for so browns will lose. how awesome is that that the browns are going to have games at the end of the year that they're not going to have anything to play for but in a good way right usually usually we don't have anything to play for because we're so far out of it it doesn't matter yep but uh i think 
I have the Browns losing the previous two games, so I think the Browns are going to win, and I think that will be a division and uh, first-round bye clincher for that win. Mm. So let's just run through our, our records. Steve, you had the Browns at? I got 12-4. and four. Jordan? I don't know. I didn't Jordan's got 10-6. and six. Okay. Jimmy's Jim. got 12-4, and four, and Dan has 11-5. and five. Boy, if any one of those if any one of those come true, I'll be a happy camper. The Browns win double digit games, I will be a happy camper because in my opinion, they will win the AFC North and will host a first round playoff game. Not even the first round. Well, okay, so you're you're saying they'll finish third or fourth. Yeah, I'm saying it's like so if, so if they end up with 10 wins. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah 10 I, 10 or 11. I I feasibly 11 could possibly get you a first round bye, but it's not not likely. Yeah. Jim, anyway. Jimmy and I are at 12, so we're thinking bye, yeah. I, I'd have to imagine. Jordan is probably thinking three or four seed with ten wins. Yeah, yep. I think they're going to have to play that uh, that stupid first round yep. game. All right, so uh, that's our schedule game. So let us know if you agree, disagree, uh, if we're crazy. I mean, I have us losing at uh, Arizona. Steve has us losing at home against Miami. Uh, Jordan, I don't remember if he has a weird game, but Miami was one of them. Miami, and, oh, and, right. the, and these predictions and are Jimmy amid too. the entirety of the season, which we're projecting 10, 11, 12 wins. So it shows that you could still have a slip up game in there and still you know, have a really good year. So. True. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's our schedule game. Uh, so let's let's move on here. Let's get to the poll of the week because uh, we got a little bit of a discussion on that before we kind of wrap things up. Uh, our poll, as I kind of said in the beginning. And I want to get your guys' uh, thoughts. So let, let's let's say for for argument's sake, for you know this topic's sake, that the Browns come out of the NBA draft lottery with the number Cavs. one pick. Cavs. What I say? Browns. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy just said he has to go. Okay. So he's he's gone. Bye, Jimmy. Which kind of sucks because I wanted to hear his take on this, but anyway. Well, you get my so, take. So assuming, yeah, we all know that's going to be great. Um, For the Cavs, yeah. It will be. So assuming that the Cavs get the number one pick and have the opportunity to draft whoever they want, namely Zion Williamson, <laughs> uh, would you take that pick and trade it for to get LeBron back? Steve, what do you think? Not a chance. I, I don't think that going back into the past with a 34, going to be 35-year-old player next year, I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, some of the key guys that were from the championship run are still around, but yeah, I just don't see the point in it. I mean, if, if you're going to be giving away the top pick, you're not going to get a good player coming in here from the draft. And you'd, you'd basically have to do what the Cavaliers have historically struggled to do, which is bring in marquee free agent talent. Um, and I just, I don't, I mean, is it possible? Yeah, maybe, but I don't like where the front office is now and haven't liked it ever since David Griffin was deposed by Dan Gilbert after 2016. That's, that's probably what um, I mean, that decision yeah. precipitated the Kyrie Irving trade, which brought a bunch of scrubs from Boston here who basically just sucked. Thank you for calling them scrubs because they're um, still scrubs. I mean and, and then on top of that, I mean just everything they did after that was just it was bizarre. Nonsensical was and bizarre. bizarre. And it was all because of the power struggle going on in, in Cavaliers organization. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to go on too much further about that. Um, 
Yeah, I just don't think you can go back and make it work. You'd have a very short time window to make it work because I don't think, honestly, I think LeBron's best years are now behind him. I agree. To to be honest, now, can and, he still be great? And, yes. And I, and I is say he going to be the best player I, in the NBA? No, probably. And not. I say this, thinking that he will probably win at least one more title before he retires, but I don't think that his best years are ahead of him. I think they're all behind him. But I, I, I think he could possibly win another title. I just think that his best years are behind him. There's no doubt. I think if LeBron is going to win another title, it's going to be because he basically starts to piggyback on someone else. Oh, they're superstars. Because I don't um, think the Warriors in particular are going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, really? I, I disagree LA, about the Warriors. But LA is most definitely I, not I, ever I, going to get above that. I disagree about the Warriors, but that might be another discussion for another time. But yeah. um, I'm just going to go in here right now. Uh, should should <laughs> if the Cavs get let's just let's be best case scenario. The Cavs get Zion. Should they trade him for LeBron? I think that would be it would be listed in the top five worst decisions by an NBA team of all time. And I know that sounds a little extreme, and that's the intention, but uh, LeBron is obviously the best basketball player since Michael Jordan. That, if you're going to argue with me, that's a different discussion. But um, he's phenomenal. He's been great. He decided he wanted to leave Cleveland and do his own thing in L.A. That's fine. That's his decision. We obviously have our thoughts on that. By doing that, he's now missed the playoffs for the first time in a long time. The first year he's not in the finals. But 15 he's years. Also, first time also, LeBron has not made the playoffs in 15 years. There you go. He's also Four, missed, Well, 14 years. First time he's missed the playoffs. Not Forget the finals. The first time he missed the playoffs in this long time. He was part of, and it's like when you get LeBron on your team, it's both a lot of pros and some serious cons. And I understand a lot of, and Steve brought this up, a lot of the, the Cavs' woes were when Griffin was not his contract was not renewed uh but i can't help but think that lebron also played a little part of that in some way or another i don't i don't have any evidence i'm just i'm just that's my thought uh so the fact the thought of giving up who's probably going to be the next face of the nba and or one of the faces of the nba in exchange for old lebron is literally crazy talk to me I'm not saying that LeBron can't do great things still. I, if I had to bet money, would bet he will win a title with the Lakers. I don't know when, I don't know how, but that's my bet. So I'm not saying that he's not worth anything anymore. And that's, that's crazy talk. I just think it would be more crazy talk to think that you should trade away the number one pick, which would be Zion, for LeBron. I, I can't even wrap my head around how crazy that is. Zion is fresh. Zion is young. He could potentially be as good as LeBron. I, I just I think that's insanity, and that's where I'll end my talk. So, here's what I think about about you guys. Stupid idiot. <laughs> uh, that that was that was that was mostly a joke. So, I honestly uh, couldn't make up my mind. Interesting. And okay. I voted the way I voted, just just kind of to, almost to play devil's advocate, because it would be really easy for me to just agree with you guys, and yeah. but that's not that's not good for what we're trying to do here. So I'm going to take the opposite approach. Um, I'm going to come back at you saying, uh, 
you don't know that Zion is going to be that good. I don't. He could be a bust. I, I say it's very unlikely. Very unlikely. I also think it's very unlikely that he's the next LeBron. I mean, that's that's very, very, very high high standards to, to uphold. Um, I, I I understand the, the young um, the young versus old, you know. To me, I, I still think LeBron is an MVP caliber player. Um, how how much longer he still will be is is the question. I think maybe one two more years. Uh, granted, he stays healthy, mm-hmm. um, but let, let's let's take health out. This is the first year he had a somewhat major injury in his whole career, which I want to say is utterly insane. And right. respect to him for keeping his body in that kind of shape. Right. Um, my my biggest thing is, uh, I I you guys might think I'm crazy. I personally believe if LeBron had stayed this year, uh, they'd be going to the finals again. No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that's probably what would happen. I definitely um, don't think I, that's crazy. I, I think that this would be the first year. Well, this would be the second year that that would be in serious jeopardy with the Bucks because I yeah, think they're absolutely oh, crazy good. Absolutely, but well, I, I, they weren't gonna like 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 what they did. Right. Uh, when they had Kyrie, Kevin Love, right. and LeBron, where they literally just walked through the East, no, that, that wouldn't happen. Absolutely not. However, if they would have made some moves, real quick, right, I would not be shocked at all if the Cavs would beat the Bucks and make the finals again. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I just, I, to me, it's I, I. The only other team that could beat them would be probably Boston. They're they're a little bit they're there. they're a little bit better, but I I see I see the Bucks in the same vein as. Uh, those Atlanta Hawk teams a few years ago that would win sixty games in the regular season and then would just complete. Now, now I'll say the Bucks are not. Listen, I'll, listen. I'll say the Bucks are better than that because Giannis. because they have they have that one superstar. But there are ways in the playoffs to you're never going to slow Giannis down, but there are ways in the playoffs to slow okay. him enough. I mean, look at look at what's look at what's happened the last two years of Ben Simmons in the playoffs. The guy can't shoot. Now Giannis is a better shooter than than Ben Simmons, but it still is, it still is the Achilles' heel to his game. Is he cannot but, he can't shoot an outside shot. But objectively, is Giannis or Simmons harder to stop? Oh, Giannis is definitely. Harder. That's Giannis. what I'm saying. So oh, I, I I think right. It's, right, right. I'm not. I understand where you're getting at with that. Right. I think it's a little. It gives a little dis- disservice to Giannis because and we're, Simmons is not at the level that right. And, and we're kind of we're kind of getting off, off topic. Yeah, here, that's but, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's mostly my fault. But um, I, I just think, for me, and I know you guys said uh, you know uh, potential. You know, down the line, you know, obviously Zion's going to be playing after LeBron's done, and probably will be coming into his prime when LeBron's done. But uh, I, I just think I don't I don't even think the Cavs are a playoff team next year if they get Zion. No, I never. That's not what I'm saying. Either. I think I think if the I think if the Cavs I think if the Cavs got LeBron back, uh, they could go to the finals next year with the team that they have. I don't know about that. With with a couple added pieces, I just think LeBron. I could imagine if they did that, they would do some crazy trades, and if that happens, then yes. LeBron just LeBron just manip- manipulates the game in such a way, especially in the East, where he where he still, even though he's gone, holds such a cloud over the Eastern Conference. If he were to come back, he's like the boogeyman. All the all these teams like 
like one of the one of the big contenders in the East this year is Toronto. You could cross them off the list. They'd be you know any team that LeBron's on the East, they would lose. They would lose to. Uh, Boston had, can't beat LeBron. It's proven. No, that's true. Uh, Milwaukee, I, you know, Giannis is comparable to LeBron as far as uh, you know, being able to take over a game in a series. But as as we talked about on Saturday, and we were arguing the Bucks and the Celtics, he still hasn't done it yet, so he hasn't proven it yet. Giannis still has to prove that he can do that. It's hard to. It's hard. It's hard to. So I'm saying for me, we have to wait to the second round. For me, as competitive, I, I think if the if the Cavs draft Zion Williamson, they're still at least two years away from building and being an actual contender. All right, but then here's here's a thought to think about though. Would you rather have that they build this incredible play? Let's say everything works out great with Zion, which would be the idea when you draft right. him, and he is that superstar. You can build around that, and that that goes a decade, possibly a decade yeah. forward. Right, you get LeBron. Can LeBron three beat, four years can probably? Le, mate, can LeBron beat the Warriors? Can LeBron beat even the Rockets? I know that you the Rockets are not a team to sneeze at. I know I'm well, a homer. Right. I'm a homer. Right, 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 right. But the Rockets are a legit team. I, I don't know if much of the NBA. Well, they're they're still going to be good, but I, I, you'd have to put up give me really good odds to to tell me that Kevin Durant's staying with Golden State next year. That, okay, see, that, I, that, that's another... I, I, just, I, we, just, I mentioned that earlier, and I, yeah, I, that's I why just, I win. I, I actually think the Warriors era will be ending very soon. I absolutely do not see Kevin Durant staying there. No. Not not at all. I think um, there's a lot of teams that he'll go to. Yeah. But, but so anyway... So I really it, don't care what that guy does. That guy's dead to me. He I, robbed the yeah, Cavaliers maybe. and the rest well, of the league. Well, I mean, right. I, but, I, I, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, but I'm saying is as that's a whole know, other discussion. Yeah, sorry, as, as don't mean to derail. Yeah, as no, no. You know, their their dominant streak I think ends after this year. But anyway, and also for me, it's a, a lot of it is the nostalgia factor. I mean, I went to the game. I went to the game where the Lakers played in Cleveland, and just to see LeBron back in the building. I mean, like, like. He's 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 he doesn't even play for the Cavs anymore, and that building is not his home anymore. That's still LeBron's building. Yeah. So it's almost number one. I think the Cavs for at least the next one two years, if he were to come back, would be much more competitive than they would with Zion. Uh, I I just think you know the nostalgia factor. Like he he is the one that broke our curse. Like you know he's he's proven he's. You know all this stuff, and also, I would love to see LeBron uh, ride out into the sunset in a Cavs uniform, and then buy the <laughs> team and somehow, some way, rig the NBA to be able to get his son on the Cavs. <laughs> I mean, and then come out of retirement and play with his son. Yeah, right. So, so a lot of it for me is nostalgia. I also just think that, I that mean, in the in the immediate of it, the Cavs are much more competitive with LeBron on the team than Zion. You know, five years down the road. Most likely, that's a different story, but I, but I mean, but we don't like we can all speculate and say, oh yeah, Zion's going to be this this you know perennial all star. You, we'll you don't know. I just think it's really it's a it's a gamble that's a, I don't think it would be worth it because I think you could build a better team with Zion. It, again, assuming Zion works out like he's supposed to, because the West is the West is insane right now. Like there there's. Two legit contenders, possibly four contenders, if you want to get real open-minded about the whole concept. And some of these Western teams like Denver and uh, who knows what OKC is going to do. 
uh, Portland even, they could get real dangerous real fast with a few moves. Um, so I, I just think it would be like, whew, you want to put LeBron up against some of those teams? You know, the, 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 the West has always been his his thorn, is the thorn of his flesh. I mean, it, I just don't see him leaving the Lakers, for one, if we're going to be real realistic. Well, it would think. be a trade. It wouldn't be his choice. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. Oh, really? He does not have a no-trade. I did tra- not know that. No, he does not have a no-trade clause in this contract. That makes sense, then. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, and, still, and this, I still don't think it's going to happen. This is all hypothetical anyway. I still don't like, think it's going to happen. But, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. This is just a yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, it's, it's a hypothetical. It's right. I just... <sighs> give me the proven commodity every time. I just, you know, that's fair. You, you know, you can say Zion's going to... I, gonna, I and, don't and agree I, And I will say, and, and, and I will say, like, I, I'm saying there's no way to know for sure if Zion's going to be what everybody says he's going to be. He's still a mile above everybody else in this draft, my opinion. My right. opinion. No, I know we had discussions about, 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 you know, other guys, but, but he's still, like, even though I'm saying, like, he's not proven, like, you can't just bank on the fact that he's going to be all NBA for the next decade. Right. You know, I, I would s- still have, rather have him than everybody else in the draft. I swear to God, I'm not. I was just thinking. I, I did not. I'm not saying this just because you just said that, Dan. I, I honestly think there is one guy who will be a better pro than Zion Williamson, and that's John Morant. Okay. I, I I'm really I'm seriously I'm really hoping high on John Morant. I'm seriously hoping that the Cavaliers land number two instead of number Which one. They just so they'll end up with him. I think he's going to be a phenomenal. They're player. realistically probably going to get have access to John Morant or R.J. Barrett. I mean, those two guys. Well, are the, probably... yeah, if they're, if they're slotted where they are right now, right. Yeah. Um, truthfully, the the Cavs have the the Cavs' best odds to land in the draft are actually fifth. But you know, we'll see. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. So because all the uh, there there's a table that has all the percentages and stuff where where teams can land. Okay. Um, so they so if like somebody that's outside of the top three jumps into the top three. Like, 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 say, say, for some ridiculous reason, the Lakers end up with winning the lottery and get the number one pick, which would be obscene. Right. The Cavs could fall all the way to fifth. They okay. could be, they could be the team that gets knocked out of the top three. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, really good discussion, guys. Um, yeah, that, no, that was a good one. That was a let's, great, uh, great poll question. We're, uh, we're going way over time. So, um, just quickly glance over the Indians. I, I thought it was interesting that uh that they got swept by the Royals who were two and ten going into that series. <laughs> yeah. And then and then, uh, they, and then they swept the they swept and shut down the best offense in baseball so far. Um with the uh Seattle Mariners who were 30, 13 and four, I think, when we went into that series. They were like so we way swept them. out of control. <laughs> yeah. As far as Yeah yeah. They'll come back to Earth but but they're hitting the cover off the ball. But um, you know, it was good to see. So the Indians are 11-7 and seven right now. They're coming home to play a really interesting series this weekend. I was actually kind of thinking about maybe trying to go to one of these games if the weather holds up. They're playing the Atlanta Braves this weekend at home, oh. which is a really interesting interesting because, you know, when was the last time the Braves played in Cleveland? That's actually a really, that was I, the last time? No, there's no way that was really? the last time. Really? It might have been. It was the first, like, 10 years of MLB interleague play. You only, only played if teams from the Central. It's yeah. it's pretty rare Cross that we play teams from the East, so uh, the, the yeah, NL it's, East. It's possible. I think I think the Indians might have played in Atlanta. I think they have one of these years. Yeah, but uh, but but the the Braves are one of those up and you know they're they're very similar to the Indians of like 2014, 2015. The Braves are knocking at the door. 
Yeah, so that would be interesting. You know, we, we hardly, like like we just talked about, we hardly ever get to see the Atlanta Braves. Um, and they're one of those, you know, iconic 90s franchises, 90s and early 2000s franchises right. that were just in it every year. They're but one they of the never, they could, they, they only won, won it they once. they did win it once, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they won it once, 95, against the Indians. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, Jason. All it took was one of the greatest pitching staffs ever created. Yep, great pitching always beats great hitting in baseball. Um, but anyway, their, who's their star? Acuna Jr. or something? Yeah, yeah he, he's a, like he's like their uh, Frankie Lindor. That guy's a beast. Yeah. So Kipnis is back. Uh, he's hitting well. He's playing well so far. Uh, Frankie's hitting the cover off the ball in his rehab uh, starts down in Triple A Columbus. Uh, he hit another home run today, so he'll probably be. I, I think they said he's coming up tomorrow to get examined, re-examined by Indians doctors, and he might play this weekend. That'd be awesome. Uh, but Steve said because of the weather, they might hold him out. You know why? Why risk it? It's another right, three right. days. Who cares? Um, so, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. But uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be talking more about the Indians over the summer. Uh, we're hopefully going to get out to a lot of games and uh, um, you know get a little more into it. With so. regard to getting swept by the Royals and then sweeping the Mariners, it's like Terry Francona said. If you can tell me about this game, you know, if you can figure out this game, let me know. Sure. You know, and right. he's one of the greatest. Managers that ever lived, basically. So. Baseball's weird. It's a weird game, yeah. man. One of the weirdest, most unpredictable sports. Uh, when you have that many games, it's you know anything can happen. Yep. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's do a real quick review, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap up the episode. So we got to go to Il Rione this weekend. Uh, I went there for my birthday on Saturday. Yeah, I know, right? Where's the applause? Oh, we right. don't have that yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got Ric Flair. We need the Rock. Finally. You know what Dan was thinking when he was eating that pizza? Ah, just about to play that. <laughs> Absolutely. That was, I'm not kidding. This isn't me. This isn't hyperbole. That was the best pizza I've ever had. I'm so glad that you had it on your birthday. And uh, so I've been to New York. I was like eight the last time I was there. So I don't, if I had New York style, you know, New York pizza in New York, I don't remember. Right. So. But compared to like everywhere else I've well, had pizza, I to I, I'm gonna say this right now, Il Rione blows anything in Little Italy and Cleveland out of the water. Not even close as far as pizza goes. Uh, pizza two one six, which is like my favorite, it beats that. Harlow's beats Harlow's. It's really? a different style. Yeah, different style. Harlow's yeah. is great, but it's it's a different style. That's true. Um, true. But yeah, it's a, it's the best pizza I've I've ever had. It's it's thin, I've... thin. New York style, it's crispy. I find it interesting you say this because when you brought up New York, because the guy is actually from New Jersey. New Jersey, right? yeah. yeah. So he's yeah, not yeah. he's not a phony. He's no. making it how he probably Absolutely. knows how pizza should be. Sure. Um, I'm really glad you liked it. I just want to put that yeah. out there. We were me and Teresa were real excited for you to go there because we went there one time and it was very good. I'm not gonna lie, going there again, it was the experience is ten times better. Right. I don't know if it was because we got to try three pizzas because we, we ordered three with the group and we all tried. I, I don't know if it was that or if I just it was, I just experienced it better. I don't know, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I really like Harlow's and I don't know who's better, but the experience I had on your birthday dinner Saturday was in, incredible. Yeah, it was I, so good. I, I, I enjoyed every bite. I, I it was just so good. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. The crust was perfect. 
Yeah. The toppings were perfect. The cheese, everything was perfect about it. Yeah. And honestly, the service was phenomenal for how yeah. busy it was at the time. And, right. and it's a small place. I just want to shout out the service because yeah. it was phenomenal. Yeah. Shout out to the people at El Rione for yeah. sure. Uh, so we got just a standard uh, pepperoni pizza. Uh, we got one of their specialty pizzas, which is a white pizza that had prosciutto and arugula on it, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, and then we also got a pizza with. Uh, Peppers and mushrooms, right? Yes, that was yeah. Steve's yes. idea. Yeah, very good. Really pizza. good. Really oh, good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So definitely, oh, the white pizza also had ricotta. Right? That's right. That yeah. was the yeah. cheese. Yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely suggest it. Go check it out. I'm gonna be back there hopefully soon. Uh, it's awesome little place tucked away in the Gordon Square area, uh, West 65th and uh, Detroit. Yep. It's a little bit north of Detroit on 65th. So um, I've seen that other little Italy, the Western. Right. Italy, right. Little yeah. Italy. Yeah, the real little Italy. Anyway. <laughs> Detroit Shoreway neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out for sure. It's it's definitely worth it. Shout out to the guy. It, it's 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 a little expensive, but it's quality. I wouldn't say it's any more expensive than your average fancy right. pizza place. Though. Right, right, right. Like our pies, each one, and we got kind of specialty-ish. Yeah. They're like or around bucks. 22 to 25 a piece. Yeah. Which wasn't bad. Because you'll go to Angelo's, you'll spend that much. You'll go to most places, you're going to spend around that much. Right. So right. it was actually really, yeah. I thought the prices were decent. Yeah, I mean, and if you're going there just like on a date night and you get one pizza and split, you, split a couple drinks, people. yeah, that's enough. You're, you're, not, you're not spending more than 40 bucks. Right. On a and, date. That, and I would say one pizza is good for your average two people. Yeah. yeah. Be happy with one Absolutely. pizza. Absolutely. For sure. A large. That was a large that we yeah. got. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check it out. It was, it, it was amazing. Uh, Jordan, let, let's preview Dingus Day real quick, and then we'll get out of here. One last time. It's this Monday. Right, it's finally this here. This Monday. Oh, by the way, before uh, we'll, we'll we'll get more into it uh, before, but before you do that, uh, yeah. I just saw, I think it was Cleveland.com. Uh, I think, and I think it's Happy Dog. They're doing a hot dog hot festival. Hot dog festival. Yeah. We'll preview that. Yeah. Well, we'll I'll make I'll that. make a preview next yeah, week I for do that. sure. Uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, yep. Dingus Day. We've been talking about it a lot. One last time before we preview the or uh, review the actual Dingus Day. Next week. Um, once again, it's a Polish tradition. Started in Buffalo in America, from what I understand. And Cleveland and Detroit have really latched onto it, especially Detroit, uh, Cleveland. And it's it's a it's now just a part of Cleveland. Uh, it's ten years running now. Ninth, nine years running. Um, and it's centered around Gordon Square area. Pretty much that whole area gets shut down. So if you're driving there, plan to park real far or just Uber or Lyft. Um, there's food, there's drinks, there's music. It's got everything. Last year they had, the last few years they've had around 45,000 people. So it's, it's a big deal. Um, the Sibling Rubbery is the official beer sponsor, and they have made their own specialty Dingus Day Cleveland brew. Mm-hmm. It's a Polish Kolsch, from yep. what I understand. Cannot wait to try it. We will be drinking that on Monday. It's going to have vodka um, in it. Yeah, right. Uh, Western Reserve, which is based out of Lakewood uh, Distillery, they will be the vodka sponsor. Um, there's also probably going to be an actual Polish beer that they had last year again. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I forget what it's called. I can't but, remember the name. But yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, every bar in that area is going to have their own specials, right. their own vodka, their own beer. So just you know, keep that in mind. Ethnic food vendors, the Pierogi Lady, Pierogi Joe, Rudy Strudel and Bakery, Cleveland Vegan, Banter, and Carmen's will be all making specials and have little stands out. Live music, multiple Polish bands, including the Chardon Polka Band, who we had their lead yeah. singer and accordionist, Jake. Jake. 
a Jake few Cowie. weeks ago. So shout out Jake. DJ Kishka, the guy who actually started this whole thing, is that, also going to be there. Was that right? You had him on the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, the Shard uh, Polka Band about four weeks ago now, yeah. maybe a little. That's longer. awesome. I actually saw them play at uh, Bria Oktoberfest one year. Nice. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. Yeah, super cool guy for sure. Yeah. I, I I will be disappointed if I don't hear this on Monday. <laughs> Yes. If I don't hear some Benny Hill, heads are going to roll. Watch out. I don't even know if this is polka. But if you're listening, Jake, uh, play me some Benny Hill, buddy. (laughs) That's great. All right, so we've gone way over time for what we usually do. So, Jordan, thanks for that uh, preview. Yes, sir. And we will review it next week on LOTL. So, uh, man. Whew, we went through a lot today. So it was a good episode. Yeah. So uh, let's. Oh shoot, where was I? Let's get out of here, guys. Uh, let's leave. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Steve, for joining us again. Really appreciate it. Uh, look for uh, another uh, blog post from Steve here coming up soon. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he wants to write on. But um, you know, maybe he'll do his. We did a kind of an abbreviated version of the Brown schedule game, but maybe he can go through and uh, give his uh, takes for what's going to happen game by game for the Browns. So we'll see. But uh, it's uh, for Steve, for Jimmy, who left us a little bit ago. He had something he had to attend to, so shout out, Jimmy. We'll see you next week. Uh, For Jordan, I'm Dan. And uh, you've been listening to Living Off the Land, episode 54, and we will catch you guys next time. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. Bye. Now I'm done.